escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Hello and welcome to Springboard, your virtual investing. My name is Albert Okran, welcoming you to the most inspirational show and the point of convergence for the greatest minds. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Ratio Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Ghana, the enterprise group with media support from the multimedia group and the graphic business. You know, the report of the World Economic Forum is of big interest to us here at Springboard, and every year we serialize what it says. And this year, it is saying in its Future of Jobs Report 2023 that AI, not surprisingly, artificial intelligence and the green transition has transformed the way we work. So green jobs and green skills are rising in demand across the world, and especially here in Africa. The report also, or the research also predicts that the biggest gains in jobs are going to be in education, that is online learning. Here in Africa, it's going to be in agriculture and then other identified fronts such as real estate, not surprisingly, fintech, also renewable energy, food, and everything sustainability. These will be the other sectors impacting markets significantly. So in this series, we'll be asking ourselves questions and trying to bring resource persons who would help us to explore. Where is the money going? Where are the doors opening? Where are the doors closing? What should we be doing differently? We'll talk about industries that are rising, those that are declining, especially in Africa, where the big money is moving and one of my favorite subjects repositioning to ensure that you are always at the cutting edge and then of course how to diversify your own personal skills portfolio create multiple income streams and ultimately how all these thoughts should influence government policy call it the job pathways in this conversation i have a great friend coming to us all the way from aberdeen scotland Guess what? His area of interest is in occupational safety and health. And he's a practitioner in that field. Edward Deborah works with international entities like WHO, the Commonwealth, United Nations Global Impact, and a number of others, including the ILO. Very often here in Ghana, he presents his thoughts on various issues, largely in the area of occupational health and safety. I guess this issue is actually an occupational safety issue. But Edward, thanks for making time and, 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 and welcome to Ghana. Thank you so much for welcoming me and giving me the opportunity to share my thoughts today. 
Right. So, Edward, it's, it's a big conversation everywhere. And it is jobs, jobs, jobs. I personally think it's the biggest policy conversation driving um, discussions across the world. And it's one of the leading determinants of election directions um, in many countries. And um, why, why is this conversation about jobs important in the first place? Thank you so much for the opportunity and the question. Uh, to begin with, we all have lives to lead and we need incomes to lead our lives. If to have a decent life, you should be gainfully employed or you should be doing something that ends your income to even take care of yourself, family and the like. So jobs really cannot be underestimated. It is something that really is the bedrock of every economy. When you look at how youthful our Ghanaian uh, population is, you'd expect that a lot more people will be looking out for opportunities that would make them earn a decent living. So jobs cannot be understated and it cannot be overemphasized. It is something that will keep on happening and we have to tackle it with all seriousness. Two things come to my mind reading through the various reports that have come up as well as research findings that are available to us. And the first is the level of unemployment, not just in Ghana, but across Africa and the the demographics, the youthful nature of the population. So for the young person who grows up being told, listen, your parents will tell you, learn hard, finish school, get a good job, and you live a good life. And you believe them, why shouldn't you? So you learn hard, you finish school, you get good grades, but the last two, get a good job and live a good life, don't happen. What is the implication of this disruption on the mental construct of the young person or to or on the societal dynamic the person that's what you say they should do and what we should yield to them does not happen what, what, what is the implication most of the time you would realize that um, as far as health and safety is concerned a lot of people begin to have a lot of mental health challenges and it's as a result of some of these things you put in all the effort but you don't get any results i use myself as an example my parents, when I was born, my dad used to tell me that I will send you to Pemper College because that was where he went to school. And then you have to become a medical doctor. So in my mind, playing with my peers at the time, I, I always saw myself as a medical doctor in the consulting room. When I was 11 years, he passed on. So that when he passed on, the dynamics changed. Now the resources to send me to Pemper College was non-existent. I did very well in my BEC, but I couldn't get there. I had to get to Swedish Secondary School. So my mom now took me to Swedish Secondary School. Direction changed course of my plan and everything changed. So I now had to sit back and look at what I could do. So I finished the secondary school, got admitted into UPSA to do marketing. So while studying marketing, then I discovered that I can actually be a good marketer. But once I finished that, career course also changed. I got an opportunity to go study abroad and it was oil and gas. So I did study oil and gas whilst in the studies. Then I discovered risk management. We had real place, real place scenarios where people from Dutch, British Petroleum, Royal Dutch Shell, British Petroleum came to talk to us. So in these conversations, then we discussed the Piper Alpha disaster, one of the major offshore disasters in the world. And then we talked about British Petroleum blowout. Then my mindset changed about what I could do in future. So I realized that I started thinking of as a medical doctor, then a marketer, now in, a, in oil and gas, then I thought of health and safety. I got back home, I got an opportunity to start my career with health and safety. Then I knew that, okay, what I thought of then couldn't materialize. So the most important thing for the youth today is that we've got to be very agile. We don't have to think that this is what I want to do and strictly I'm going by the plan to do that and nothing else. Let's be flexible enough to adapt to changes that may happen because changes would obviously come.
The only constant thing in life is change. It will keep coming. So when you have set difficulties, you always have to go back, reevaluate your options, and see what next you can do. There's one thing that we all put pressure on government to provide jobs. Government can do so much. At the end of the day, it is us, the people, who need to look within and find opportunities. Wherever there's a problem, there's money to be made. So once you find a solution to problems that happen in our society, you are capable of making money and becoming a decent person, any decent living. So the youth who are always stuck with decisions as to there are no jobs, they need, they need to begin to find from within the ecosystem what they think they can do to support the community, solve a particular problem, and that opportunity will come. You raised 17 questions in just your last point, and, and, and this fits right into the conversation that led to the birth of, of Ghana Gross. And so let me just pick your mind on something that you mentioned. You, you talk about your transition very beautifully. Um, and I like the, the bit about not going to the school that your parent, your father had had conditioned you to go to. And, and, and that's another conversation. Parents trying to live their lives with their children. But if you were made to believe that that was the way or the place, um, Prempe, which is like um, a slightly inferior variant of enhancement. I know I'll get into trouble on this platform for saying that, but I'll say it and, and wait for the feedback. <laughs> but on a more serious note, uh, not getting that alone in some post world, it's almost like the world comes crashing down. And then you go to another great institution, Swear School, but you are in there sometimes feeling that, you see, my, 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 if my father were here, he would have taken me to Prempe. Just that alone, if you don't understand, could be very problematic. But you tell, tell me about medicals, um, doctor, then marketer, then oil and gas, and then finally settling on health and safety. And you conclude that agility is the key to staying relevant. And young people should, instead of looking at government, look for opportunity. From your own observation, is the barrier that prevents this agility or flexibility that you talk about. Because repeatedly in the same World Economic Forum report, flexibility, adaptability, agility features as the skill that people need to stay relevant in a changing world. What are the barriers to that flexibility that you talk about? So I will look at it from an environment point of view. A lot of the youth look and limit themselves to the environment where they find themselves. It is always important to think outside the box. These days, with the invention of the internet and things like that, there are so many things that we can learn on our own to be better. One thing that I see as also a barrier is that the youth also want to get rich quick. They don't want to master their craft. We all start, I mean, I've been volunteering for health and safety for the past five years. I volunteer where I, I, get, I get no pay. But I did that out of passion. And out of that, the reward that has come is enormous. I could pick my phone and call very seasoned professionals, number one professionals all over the world to discuss health and safety things. This is a result of volunteering. So the younger generation, instead of us looking for quick fixes, let's begin to travel the long haul. There's this popular musician, Manifest. He has a song and it says, there's no shortcut to heaven. If you want to go through the process, you need to go to the mill. Let's look beyond our environment. As I said, and today I'm going to reveal a lot of things about myself. A lot of people don't believe me, but my dad was blind. My dad was, when I was born, he never saw me physically. Wow. Yes, he was blind. But guess what? He was a graduate. He taught in secondary schools. Rose to be a headmaster. He never begged on the streets. 
So what excuse does any youth have standing on the street begging? You don't have any excuse. We just have to look outside our environment to see opportunities because there are several opportunities. Let's spend our time feeding our thoughts and our minds on things that will profit us. This is a lot of distractions, especially on social media. People are making millions on social media. Others are wasting their media resources on social media. So we need to know what we really want to do, and then we position ourselves for it. Platform like this is absolutely fantastic. We should spend a lot of time listening to search coaches, and we learn a thing or two from there. So for youth to get out of this menace, they need to be, begin to look beyond their environment. They need to begin to look beyond their current circumstances. And then they need to find people who have done it before. Then they walk in their path. Mentorship is very important. Because what it does for you then is that the mistakes that the mentor had made, you stand a chance of not making them. Probably might even run faster than the mentor had run if you follow them. So those are the thoughts that I think would really play a critical role in changing the narrative. This is Springboard, your virtual university. We are trying to find out how our young people can explore and create opportunities for themselves and look into areas that many have overlooked and find space for themselves and live out their dreams and have the perfect guest all the way from Aberdeen, Scotland to help us start this conversation. I love the transition from his regular field of occupational health and safety to help us understand how his own life um, as a young professional has evolved to where he is today and the lessons that we can learn. And very often when you hear somebody who has done it talking, it resonates more than anyone who's giving you a theory. Edward is saying, look at me. My father was blind and never used his disability as an excuse. He taught and rose to become a headmaster. So who are you to say you have nothing in your hands? Edward, brilliant start. Let's break down the issue of opportunity. So in our research, I mean, the last time I shared the five fastest growing industries, in Africa in the year 2022. And not surprisingly, for the, the past one year, the fastest growing industries were FinTech, food, real estate, then logistics. So these are the industries that, as somebody would say, the money is moving in. And then of course, e-commerce. Now, funnily enough, every prediction, including this World Economic Report says, food will jump to number one or has jumped to number one in Africa for this year. And yet, the challenge that we find is that this beautiful expanded food, agriculture and ATV value chain has several young people who do not want to venture out. So on one hand, we will meet young people who are doing brilliant things in that space and we get so excited. But traditionally also, several young people have not even considered those spaces and will not consider them until someone taps them and says, hey, why sit down here until you die? What is the cause from where you sit of this inertia? This is a very interesting and tricky one. <laughs> it is interesting because um, growing up, I think my elementary years, I never saw my parents buy maize from the market. Wow. I never saw them buy tomatoes, pepper, garden eggs, all of them from the market. We found them. As young as I was, I knew how to make mounds to grow young. I knew how to plant mm. basic things, you know. The use of today, we want quick fixes. We feel that uh, there's no money in agriculture. Rather, it's for the poor. 
we always aspire to be bankers, to be lawyers, to be all of them. But tell you what, um, farmers outside of this country, farmers outside of Africa, are the people with the most money. Because when they do it on a large scale, the shops will come and buy from them. They determine the price they give. And then the quality obviously is assured because of the rigorous processes it goes through. In our part of the world, we leave farming to people who, for want of better word, are not exposed, quote unquote. It is recently that it is changing where we find educated people getting into farming. But in the past, it was a reserve of the poor or marginalized, so to speak. Now, the youth are not interested in them because they feel it gets their hands dirty. It doesn't come quick enough. They want to work in a bank. They want to be a lawyer. They want to wear the tie, look good, and then that is worth for, that is success to them. But for me, success goes beyond just physical appearance. Success is when you see that your work has impacted positively on someone's life. And that's agriculture. Everybody eats. We've had conversations right in the studio. Um, and in one of the instances, I was just blown away by this lady doing a beautiful work, not just in farming, but in processing her own, her own products, who mistimed her coming here and so literally had to come from the farms in the Krapim area with her van and with her clothes in the car. I mean, I still think she's my star of the year because she got here and then and then asked for a room and then changed and, and, and then came on. I mean, Charlie, imagine from, from that from farm, correct? Make no mistake. Get closer and look at the balance sheet and you say, whoa. That is the thing. That is the thing. How could somebody be sitting, still sending series around and saying, nobody's listening to That's me? Point. How do we transition from this perception that there is high class and there is low class? I mean, some people are doing it, but how do we get a mass transition? Because over the next three years, we've set ourselves a target of seeing young people without anyone moving them, moving in their numbers. What do you think can be done from your experience having lived in Ghana, having lived in Scotland, and juxtaposing the experiences? How do we get people to massively transition and seize opportunity? First of all, it's, it might be interesting to consider education. A lot of people do not know much, and what you don't know, you really can't do anything about. So advocacy and education should increase. I mean, like platforms like this is a novelty that people can actually listen in and know what is happening. And then again, the policy frameworks must also be tweaked a little bit. They should incentivize the process so that a lot more people would have it easy getting into it than, I mean, you know, there are struggles with setting up businesses and allowing it to run the way it should be. So if we want farming to be that uh, platform where everybody would subscribe to or ascribe to, we should make it attractive with policy interventions. Maybe there could be some free seedlings and um, other farm implements that could be given to people, land tenant system, can be looked at as well so that we can you know maximize the full potential the caveat however is when things are free people don't value them so there has to still be a price to be paid for it just for um just for you know that integrity and honesty to be part of the process because without that you can't achieve success the youth must take advantage or must take their own destinies into their own hands and accept today that the government cannot fix their problems they have the right, they have the opportunity to change their own narratives if they so desire.
In fact, being rich and being poor is a decision. Hmm. They should make a decision today that I want to be better. Once you decide you have that self-conviction that you want to be better, you will look for the avenue and the resources to make you better. It's not all about money. I mean, money can obviously, obviously come in when you provide a value or a service to a problem. So the youth must be ready to explore other opportunities. You cannot do the same thing and expect different results. We have been sitting out and sending our CVs to the banks for God knows how long. Nothing is happening. Why are you continuing doing the same thing? Look within your backyard, and we are lucky to have arable lands. Whatever you plant in our country, it grows. Whatever it is that you plant, you will be able to get a yield. So why don't you take advantage of this? Start small, then we grow with it. So the youth should have a mindset change. It is very fundamental. You have a mindset shift and know that we have we are sitting on money, but we are not just identifying where and what to do. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. To harness that potential. Once we are able to shift our mindset and begin to follow the steps of people who have done it, the farmers. I mean, there's so much on the internet these days. And there are lots of people speaking on their journey with farming. John Dumelo has been doing fantastic work talking about farming and all of that. We could transition into that and see how it comes. Everybody from a family has a family land. So to start, you can't even argue that there are no lands. You could speak to your family heads. I'm sure there will be some small parcel somewhere that they will give you to start. Once you are diligent, you will be able to make enough to pay or to own your own land and then farm. I know a certain man who used to be a bank manager in Ghana. He resigned and set up a farm in the Bronx region. Fantastic, well-mechanized farm. The amount of money he makes from the farm was more than what he was making as a bank manager. This is not an ordinary branch manager. It was the corporate head director himself. He left that corporate world and went to farming. And he's making a lot more money than when he was in the banking sector. So that is clear. The evidence is clear that we have to change the way we think. And then we learn of them. We can't be perfect in a day. But then we need to take our time. Continuous effort, continual improvement. We will get there. This is Springboard, your virtual university. My guest, Edward Deborah, based in Scotland. He's son occupational health and safety practitioner and advocate. And today he's talking to us about the, the, the safety, the safety of job security. And he's saying that we need to rethink how we've seen jobs uh, over the years, making a contribution as we begin a big discussion about job pathways. Is it a solvable problem or should we just fold our arms and say, well, that is where we are as a country and, a, and as a continent. And Edward is sharing his contribution along the lines, first of all, on the fact that jobs is a big and must remain a big conversation because everyone who wants to work deserves a right to find good work, decent work, and earn a living. His second thought is that when people do what they have required to do and what they expect does not happen in terms of finding a job and being able to earn a living, there is pressure on them and it leads to mental health challenges. 
The third is about agility, flexibility, something that the World Economic Forum highlights very much. And it says, in the face of challenges, just realign and solve problems. And when you do that, you position yourself to be at an advantage. The fourth is about volunteering. He says, listen, instead of looking for quick money, volunteer your services. He says he did it for several years. And by the time he found a job as a key expert in the field, he already had a network of several key players across the globe that he could call on because he had volunteered and done it for free, correct? Yes, correct. Excellent. The fifth point is about disability. He says, listen, you may have limitations and disabilities, but don't fold your arms because his own father was blind but taught and rose all the way to become a headmaster and lived his dream in spite of his disability. The sixth point is about agriculture. He says, listen, in his home, never did they have to buy maize, and he learned very young how to build a mound and plant yam. And therefore, he thinks that instead of lining up and wanting to wear a tie and work in the bank, people should look at opportunities in agribusiness. The seventh is about policy. He says the policymakers should make it easy for that young person looking for opportunity to be able to do it and provide some support for them. But the caveat there is that it should not be always free because free things, people don't place value on them. The eighth point is about responsibility. He says, listen, in your mind, never focus on government and say they, look, they need to do something, look after me. Take charge of your own life and be keen to explore where the opportunities are and decide that you will not be poor. You will build a fruitful and fulfilling life. When we come back from the break, let's talk about repositioning. How does a human being start from medical doctor, then marketing, then oil and gas, and health and safety? How do you reposition yourself when the original picture that you thought was the one is not the one? How do you find your space, live your dream, and push on to become the person that you believe God meant for you to be? Let's talk after the break. Please don't go away. When you can be anything, who will you become? When you can go anywhere and never feel alone, will you go when you have the means to make your dreams real when will you start when your voice can reach every ear who will you inspire when your money can travel faster and further than you ever could where will you send it when you can tell a story in every language which ones will you tell when nothing can stop you, and everyone's behind you, and the whole world awaits you. Don't go alone. Go with us. Everywhere you go. Grandma looked very peaceful. I was completely amazed when I saw her neatly presented. She looked just like she was sleeping. You haven't seen anything yet, my brother. You should have seen the care and quality treatment they gave her at Transitions. Eh? One man, one room, just like a five-star hotel. Wow. And not only that, we had a dedicated person to guide the family through the funeral planning process. Are you sure? Of course. 
from picking her up to when we lowered grandma down. Everything was completely stress-free. They had all the needed funeral services, caskets, hairs, chapel, and so much more. This one, dear, no family fights after all. I'm so happy we made a right decision to use transitions. With transitions, your loved one gets the best of care while the family enjoys a stress-free funeral planning process. Call us now on 0302-634-706. And oh, did I tell you they are affordable? Transitions, the funeral people. Welcome back to Springboard Adventure University and to this interesting conversation about job pathways. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Ratio Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Ghana, the Enterprise Group, our media partners are the Multimedia Group and the Graphic Business. Um, Edward, before we go for the break, we were talking about the fact that we have arable land everywhere and so people should take responsibility and seize opportunity. Let's delve a bit more into it because for many people, when they hear about agriculture, the first thing they think about is farming and about land. And then those images of farmers with hoes and cutlasses and clothes that, 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 that don't look too good. But we are learning that the agriculture and agribusiness value chain is, it extends widely and goes way beyond what many people think. Based on your own life and experiences, give us a sense of how how broad, how deep, how wide the agriculture or agribusiness value chain is. Thank you very much for the question. Um, interestingly, agriculture employees have opportunities for different people. Health and safety people are part of it. In advanced world, I visited a potato farm in Scotland where health and safety people were part of the employees at the farm. So we have the normal farmers who do the work and we have health and safety people. We have packaging people, those in charge of logistics, those in charge of designing curtains, rubbers, boxes for, you know, giving that aesthetic feeling of the food. And even application developers, IT people get a field day in agriculture because they are able to sort of create that platform where you can, from the comfort of your home, order any food stuff cooked or uncooked to be delivered to you. So IT people are part of it. Even with uh, farms that are livestock based, you have veterinary officers, veterinary doctors, farms that are crops and re crops related. You have extension officers who are trained, who come in there. And even in tertiary second cycle institutions, you have lecturers. Sometimes you have TAs and you have other people. Not talk of the restaurants where the food actually is prepared. Even there we have waiters, we have chefs, we have um, marketing people, all of them involved in the value chain. So you realize that with agriculture, we actually use one stone to kill multiple birds. Lovely. It's interesting that many people probably um, form their impressions that drive their career choices right from the way they are socialized, if I may add, the way they are educated. And so probably because of how something is taught, or something is presented, there is no interest, or they don't even see the opportunities because from the way they've learned, they've had a certain mindset about how to progress their careers. If you had your own way, what changes must we make to how our education is delivered? And now science is leading everything, so we should be innovative enough. So we should introduce technical education, vocational education, and science-based education in our curricula. It should start from primary school all through to how far anybody can go. Because we, a lot of people are using science backed with data 
to solve real-time problems. So if we want to do things differently or we want to see things differently, our approach to education should change. So we should introduce a lot more hands-on. Because there are a lot of people who are in the university studying electrical engineering that know nothing about electrical appliances. How then does a person become an engineer? That's why we have a lot of graduates coming from universities as engineers, but they can do next to nothing. So we need to now practicalize the whole concept. In advanced world, uh, I had an opportunity of having seasoned business people come to the schools that I've attended to come and take us through role play simulations. So you would see they'll come and share industry perspective with you. It happens quite a bit in Ghana as well. Yes. What is different about what you see um, in, in, in other jurisdictions? Placement, work placement. So these institutions that come in give a lot of people opportunity to go work with them. Example, in, in my former school, for instance, they have consulting groups. So in a final year, instead of doing a dissertation, a particular company could come up with a challenge they have, and then four students will be put together to consult for that, that uh, company by providing solutions for that problem they have. You need to smile on my face. Yeah. So what you're saying is that in, uh, typically in our part of the world, it would have been four students together to write pieces very often about a, an issue that may not necessarily have context in the marketplace but you are seeing that um, in other jurisdictions real life issues that companies are facing are put into the hands of students yes. i guess about them by the time they get into the into the field they understand the kinds of Absolutely. issues that employers are dealing yes. with because um in 2010 the british petroleum chief executive had to resign because of the blowout they had in the Gulf of Mexico. So the British Petroleum team now came to the school to sort of ask the students to prepare a report on what they think can be done to salvage the brand. Mm. That was a challenge the company was facing, and then the students were asked to prepare on that. So they called them a consultancy group. So right, did, did they get paid? Yes. Some of them were given some, some remuneration. Others were actually hired. Wow. After. I can, I can imagine the vein with which they will take the, the, the project. Absolutely. So when opportunity presents itself, we should be ready to take it. So introducing balance of uh, technical, uh, uh, vocational, science-based education into our curricula would really help bring out the skills in people to solve challenging problems. What role can parents play when you talk about, I mean, when you talk about science, technology, vocational, and, and, and you look at the, the children, I mean, at, at a certain age that... What role can parents play in making this real to children at a very early age? So a lot of, for me, what I've done is that um, my kids have the time that they play with the computers. They have the time that they have to study. They have the time that they watch cartoons. And make sure that the settings on the TV and things are such that they only learn things that would speak to their minds. They don't get the opportunity of seeing all these other social vices on the internet. So as parents, we are the first point of call. If we give our children the right training, the right opportunities, and that support and encouragement, they will come from home into schools with a fresh mind. So once they end the thing they learn in school and they come home, we should also encourage them to learn further. That way, they get better at what they do. We shouldn't leave our children to go to school at dawn. Most parents send their kids to school, working parents in Accra, send their kids to school in the morning. They only see them at night when they are asleep. We need to be involved in uh, the raising of our children. We can't leave it at the detriment of the schools alone. Parents must play an active role in ensuring that whatever is taught is actually reviewed by them. Because my kids' school, you will have to sign off the assignment that, that they are given. 
So what it means is that you have to supervise this child doing the assignment. Because you can't just come and sign. He will go and report you to the school. That my mommy didn't teach me the assignment. So parents, we should be very interested. It shouldn't just be about spending the money and giving them the best of education. There's no best education if we are not involved. We've got to be involved. It's a challenge for many parents, even, even finding the time in their workplace. Yes. And, and in my conversation with Professor Simina Day, he mentioned that sometimes the, the solution can be extremely brutal, like one parent having to forego their, their career aspirations to make it happen. Because for many workplaces, you close at eight. What do you do? Yes. But those, that's another conversation that we can have. And um, you talked about TVET. Are there ways in which you can break it down for that child? I mean, I, I mentioned some time ago that I, I believe that things like investment, career development, talent uh, development should be broken down into simple ways that even a child in nursery can understand. And, I, and when I mentioned investment and entrepreneurship and career development or talent development being taught in nursery, I mean, I had people saying, hey, don't spoil the children, let them be free, let them, let them play. But can we, juggle, can we juggle play and learn to make these concepts real to children? Yes, we have to. Really, it's um, most of these private educational institutions, international schools we have in Ghana, they actually blend playing and learning at the same time with the kids. So the kids are easily able to adapt to it and they, they learn a lot of things. So with the TVET stuff, robotics is something that is really big right now. And a lot of young children are being introduced to robotics at this age. So you, that is why there are a lot of virtual realities being developed now. But the world is moving at such a fast pace that we can't not be, be sitting on the fence and be thinking that when our children grow, they'll have opportunities. We need to create it now and support them go through the process. So the vocational education has to be there. I remember when I was in primary school, GSS, we used to do life skills. We used to learn sewing. We used to learn how to make crochet. All those things were skills that we gained at the time. Then there was technical drawing, where we learned about front elevation, back elevation, end, and a plan. Now that's what the draftsman and architect are doing. So if that is still brought back and the kids still learn, by the time they are done with school, you'd realize that they have different skills other than the general skills that everybody is expected to have. What is the correlation between competence or knowledge or, or, or being on top of what you are doing and confidence? Confidence really is the aroma that opens the door for you to have a seat at the table. Competence is your ability, your skills, your knowledge, your ability, your training, and your experience. So confidence in itself will come naturally when you are competent. Mm. However, you can be competent and not have confidence. Why? Because you have not gotten the exposure of being challenged by different people from all walks of life. A lot of people, by seeing accomplished people, get scared already. For me, when I see accomplished people, I want to engage with them. I want to know what they did different. I want to know why they succeeded. Accomplished people have classmates who have failed. What was the difference? They were taught by the same teachers, but what was the difference? So I want to find out the difference from accomplished people. So once I see them, I'm excited to engage. So it is everybody's ability, really, to create that enabling environment for you to thrive. That's how the confidence comes in. However, when you become competent in what you do, you have your knowledge, you have your skills, you have the ability, you have the training and experience, the competence, the confidence would obviously. If you woke up one day and found that you, you, you've gotten it wrong, if somebody's listening to you and saying, you know what, the more I listen, the more I feel, if I had heard this 10 years ago, I'd have made different choices. I am being honest. My life is messed up. I need to juggle my way back to, uh, to the right path again. What, what should a person like that do? So everybody should have a plan 
for our lives. Personally, I failed a couple of times, but I didn't end there. I decided to reinvent myself, look at where I went wrong, learn from it, and then came back stronger. It's just like a boxer. You'll be beaten, but it's not about staying on the ground where you are beaten. You need to rise up with a different thinking, a different approach, so you can succeed again. Everybody must have a plan, personal development plan of what you want to achieve in a year. Once you do that, so you want to conduct your own SWOT analysis, where you identify your strengths, you identify your weaknesses, the opportunities that you may have, and the threats that are coming against you. So once you're able to do this, you now look at the opportunities, because opportunities always come with threats. See how you can turn your threats into opportunities. And see how you can turn those weaknesses to strength. It is self-examination, self-introspection. Once you do that, you realize where you've fallen short, and then you need to work hard at improving it. Opportunities are there for everybody. There's no fast and hard rule about life. All you've got to do is to remain focused. Stay true to your call and do what you have to do. You'll definitely get there. Someone said that that's what the reinvention and the repositioning, it goes, it, it's, it's a critical factor throughout your life. The, the missing link is the willingness of people to, to learn new things. So let me bring this conversation to reskilling. When you realize that the skills that you have are not enough for the next level or the next phase of your career, what do you do? So when I started health and safety, it was more of training people at, at the workplace, just restricting yourself to the workplace. 2020, when COVID came, I decided to do things differently. So I noticed that we didn't have a national plan. All we had was that we're trying to copy what others were doing and replicating them in Ghana. I decided that, okay, let me get out of my shelf and try to educate people. So I started with my community, church. I supported all the COVID efforts, designer of the programs, how we're gonna put our first aiders, fire wardens. For the first time, we designed an emergency response plan for church. Where we have first aiders, we have fire wardens and all. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. That's present. And then we designed all the hand wash basins where you're supposed to be positioned and all of that. These were things that we didn't do, but we had to reinvent. I went ahead to TV stations. UTV was one of them where I was using the local dialects to still explain things to people for them to understand. Joy FM, I did the same. City TV, I did the same. A host of artists, Asasi Radio and all of that. We educated people. This wasn't something that I used to do, but it was something that I had to do because the situation had become critical. So once I was doing all these things locally, I didn't realize international markets were watching. So I got rewarded as the first Ghanaian and African to win the President's Commendation Award for the Institute of Risk Management in the UK. The local effort were recognized on a global stage. Hmm. That will open different doors on, on its own altogether. So once there are challenges, you need to look beyond the challenges. See how you can come up with your own ideas to help solve a problem. As I mentioned earlier, being successful is by identifying a problem and finding ways of solving that problem. What about the education part of reskilling? And I'm saying that you're somebody who's post-60 
is so intentional about her own development, her next phase of her career, then you find that those who are now beginning their careers... You have a lot uh, to do. Yeah, you have a lot to do. So, yeah, yeah. So, have you, have, you, have, you had a, have you had to wake up one day and decide, you know what, like PK said, I, I, I have I've done this course, I have these degrees uh, beyond even the first degree level, but I need more and I have to sacrifice to be able to achieve it. I have. So, in the typical health and safety environment, um, once you are able to... You are conversant with your inspections and all of that, you are comfortable. But I realized that along the line, the Globe Sustainable Development Goals came. There's a lot of talk about um, creating sustainable solutions, uh, climate change issues, uh, how it's going to affect human beings and all of that. So then I thought to myself, what can I do different? I need to have advanced knowledge in this area so I could be better suited for problems that might come in order for me to give out solutions to them. So I decided to sign up for a Master of Law course, Business Law and Sustainable Development. It took me all the way to Aberdeen in 2021. I studied that program. And on the course, I understood why we have to find stringent laws to protect our environment. You see the Green Ghana Project. It is part of the nationally determined contributions that Ghana, government of Ghana has signed up to the pact to ensure that we afforest the places that are deforested. Now, I learned about international environmental laws, how to draft policies, support governments with their initiative to change the way things are. All those were skills that I didn't have before. But when I realized that that's where the world was moving to, I had to quickly upskill and get those skills to be able to be relevant. So, after working in oil and gas, after working in construction, after working in consultancy and fast-moving consumer goods, I felt that I need to do something else by working for a professional body. I prepared through these processes, then I got an opportunity with what I'm doing right now. And it's making me feel fulfilled because I feel that I come with different blend of skills. Oil and gas, construction, law, um, health and safety together. Now I'm creating solutions for the global health and safety problem. Do you think that individuals ultimately in this whole journey of finding themselves, pushing themselves to be relevant in, in the years that are ahead of them, end up designing their own careers by, 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 by forging a set of skills that work for them? Yes, absolutely. Because if you don't reinvent yourself, you'll be out of the competition. Things are changing all the time. So we always have to be ready to take the bull by its horn. Look at opportunities when they are coming and you quickly have to... I mean, Global Economic Outlook is there for all, all of us to read. Once you get those documents and you begin to read, you will see how, where the world is transitioning to. As it's doing that, then you begin to apply yourself to it. If you don't, you will lose out. So you look at your current environment and see where the challenges are. As against what you think might be might look like in the future, then you begin to think about how you can scale up to meet the future at that point. Once you're able to meet the future with the needs of the future, you solve that problem. Ultimately, there would only be one Edward Deborah because there would be only one person who would have set out to become a medical doctor, then switched to marketing, yes. then done oil and gas, and then settled on health and safety. Yes. So that's gamut, that combination of skills, only you will have it. That's the thing. More or less. Yes. All right, Let, let's end on the note of faith. What, where does faith come in? For me, faith is a th uh, things that we don't see, but we believe they, they exist. My, every, my very essence, at, my, at a very young age that I am now, my very essence has been as a result of faith. You cannot rule that out and expect to be successful. Everybody believes in something. So once you have the conviction that this is what you want to do, you need to pray. 
to your God. Once you pray to your God, he will provide you with mercy. He provide you with grace. And that will make you scale through the challenges. Without God, you can't be quit. You can't get anywhere in this life. Nobody has done anything by their strength. Because those who die in their sleep all had dreams for the next day. Just a few wake up. So if you sleep and you are able to wake up in the morning, it is by grace. Can you imagine how many points we've given us today? No idea. All right. So you have 15 things you've shared with us. And the last one, the 15th one, is that pray to God, commit your plans to him, and he'll give you mercy and grace and the strength to live out your dream. Those are the thoughts of Edward Deborah. Edward is an occupational safety and health practitioner based in Aberdeen, Scotland. Job Pathways. We are focusing especially, if I may say so, on young people and how they can be empowered to find jobs, live out their dreams, live fulfilling lives, and contribute to country, continent, and the world at large. And we want to make sure the tools are available to help young people make quality decisions. Some of the things we share will be will be hard. They will cause us to rethink what we have known over the years. But one thing is certain. If you stay with us on this journey right here on Springboard Adventure University, over the next few weeks, you'll be empowered to make quality choices and look back with confidence at yourself and your career, and importantly, at the future. So what has Edward Debra been saying over the past hour? He's been saying, first of all, that jobs are an important issue all over the world. And for each of us, we need to have a conversation about what to do in order to earn a living to live out our dreams. The second one is about mental health. He says when people go to school with a promise that go to school, learn hard, do well in your exams, get a job and earn good income, and they do the first three, and they do well in school, and the jobs and income don't come, it creates mental health pressures. That's from the occupational safety point of view. The third one is about agility. He says, considering that I went into, grew up thinking I'll be a doctor, went into marketing, oil and gas, and then finally health and safety. I've concluded, he's speaking, that flexibility, adaptability, and focusing on problem solving is the key to finding yourself in your career journey. The fourth is about volunteering. One of my favorites, she says, five years I worked as a volunteer in health and safety, and that brought me to the attention of some of the biggest players globally in the space. Eventually, it led to he being the first Ghanaian to be employed out of Africa in his organization. Volunteering, it keeps coming up in our conversations. Number five is about disability. No matter what, there is no excuse. He says his father was blind but loved teaching and rose to become a headmaster. There's no excuse based on your limitations. Number six, agriculture. He says he never bought maize or the family never bought maize when he was a child. He learned how to plant it and plant yams as well. And the typical job seeker shouldn't be focusing only on jobs in the bank and wearing a tie, but explore adjacencies in other fields that could give you a career that you will look back to with a sense of pride. Number seven is about policy. Policymakers must make life relatively easier for young people who venture into fields that were hitherto regarded as no-go areas for young people and especially young women. Then number eight, responsibility. Take charge of your life determined not to be poor and look for opportunities. There's arable land everywhere. There's opportunity everywhere. Step out there and do something. On return from the break, you spoke about 
agribusiness. It said the value chain has several jobs. You listed a number of them, and we've cataloged them here. Tenth point is about education. And you are saying that we must focus on problem solving, critical thinking, technical ability. And you brought on the 11th point about TVET and said, right from childhood, robotics, science and technology must be making the headwaves in our education. You actually, during the break, mentioned that your five-year-old son was able to arrange Lego into aeroplanes. And I was very envious because when I was a child, we didn't have those Legos that you could arrange as aeroplanes and ships. And I'm just thinking, you know what? If parents understand it that way, then when you're buying those things for your child, you won't feel that you're wasting your money. So you can arrange a ship and tell you, this is a ship, this is what it does. That is serious learning. Yeah. But most people will not even look at it that way. The 12th point is the big one about confidence. It says competence is your knowledge, your ability, your experience, all that you know. But confidence is that which makes you breeze through the door and, and get access. And without that aroma, you'll be outside the door and you won't sit at the table. So you need confidence to be able to play the game. And that is very key. The 13th is about repositioning. You say you have failed a number of times, but the key is to bounce back, yeah. conduct your own SWOT, and then chart your plan into the future. The fourth thing is about rescaling. You say your efforts at the COVID-19 response here in Ghana gained the international recognition. And ultimately, when you realized you needed to educate yourself more in your chosen area, you did a, another master's in business law sustainable. and sustainable development. Your final point, faith is the anchor. So pray to your God. He will give you mercy. He will yes. give you grace. And he will guide you Absolutely. into the future. Absolutely. So which is your preference in all the 15 winners. Adaptability, okay. agility, and preparedness. Why? Because the world will change. The world will change. Definitely a world. Would you survive it? You've got to be ready to change as the wind blows. You swim with the tides, not against the tides. So as it's moving, you move along. Look at opportunities that it creates because every change brings new mm. problems. So once we bring those problems, those problems are there for us to think outside the box to find solutions and to work at them. Once you do that, that's when you become successful. Every change brings problems. And when you find the solutions to them, you are at an advantage and you can become successful. The voice of Edward Deborah, who's an occupational health and safety practitioner and advocate. He's told us several things about how volunteering in particular has opened doors for him and entrenched him in his chosen area. In addition, of course, to risk killing to be relevant in that space. Where is the world heading? What must you do? How do you stay relevant? And how can you guarantee that five years from now and 10 years from now, you will be the one that can be counted upon to be at the front of the queue? If you listen today without a friend, ask them to listen. Ask them to watch this video. Engage on social media as we debate these 15 points from Edward Deborah. And let's look at how every young person can participate and no one will be left behind. Once again, this is your virtual university springboard brought to you by the Springboard Roadshow Foundation in partnership with our sponsors, MTN Ghana and the Enterprise Group, our media partners, the Multimedia Group, and the Graphic Business, the Ghana Growth Consortium, a collaboration between Springboard Racial Foundation, the Mastercard Foundation, and Limehouse, aimed at inspiring young people to deliberately look for opportunities in agriculture, agribusiness, and ATVET, and make career choices 
in those spaces. My name is Albert Okran, saying a big thank you to you and saying God bless you. God bless you and God bless you. For so long, we've been Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.